2: And one. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Wednesday's edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast, March 10th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you, as always. Got a ton to get to on today's show. The NFL offseason is never a dull moment. The NFL does it like no other league does it. They always are. Something is going on. Something's going on. Something's going on. It's always a busy time of year. And please believe on Tuesday, it was a big, major Busy time of year for the Raiders and the rest of the NFL. And so got a lot to talk about coming up on today's show. Segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line, 707 654 Four six nine three Got a lot of good stuff to get to. Segment number two, my conversation with Cofield and company from ESPN Las Vegas on Tuesday evening. Uh, they were talking about a lot of the news and notes that rolled out about the Raiders on Tuesday and just kind of the direction that the team is going. And a lot of Raider fans actually hit me up and was like, Q, what direction is the Raiders going? Are they, are, are they? they? What are they doing? Is this a crash and burn? Does Gruden have any idea what he's doing? Does Mayock have any idea what he's doing? A lot of upset and disgruntled fans on Tuesday morning. I'll tell you, man, it started early in the morning. I like to put the podcast out early. I put it out every morning at 2.15 a.m. Central Time. And I promise you around 4.15 a.m. Central Time, I was already getting blown up. Twitter was blowing up. Text message was blowing up. Phone was blowing up. Locked On NFL Network had me doing you know, breaking news, little videos and uh, different people were hitting me up. Different outlets wanted to have me on. I mean, it was a super busy day because the Raiders had a lot of moving and shaking going on and we're definitely going to talk about that. But uh, in segment number two, just my conversation. It wasn't a long conversation, about 10 minutes with Cofield and company, just talking about what was going on and the state of the franchise as it is right now. Segment number one, all the news and notes of the day. Uh, And there was a lot of news and notes to get to as far as the Raiders are concerned. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Now, I mentioned that all the news and notes started rolling out super early on Tuesday. And of course, the biggest news was the fact that right tackle Trent Brown was traded to the New England Patriots. The Patriots gave up a 2022 fifth round pick to the Raiders for offensive tackle Trent Brown and a 2022 seventh round pick and this trade cannot be official to the new league year starts which is going to be March 17th but Trent Brown was traded to the Patriots and he also restructured his contract he had about $30 million left on his deal as far as the Raiders were concerned but he restructured it all the way down to $11 million so it's basically a one year deal so he could be a free agent after the 2021 season and probably cash in and get another huge contract plus he gets back to New England the place that he loves never really wanted to leave it to begin with but the Patriots let him go off get that big deal from the Raiders and now he returns Turns home and probably will thrive in 2021. So here was Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network just kind of rolling out the details from early Tuesday on the Trent Brown trade.
0: Patriots, I'm told, are trading for former Raiders offensive tackle Trent Brown, Of course, remember, he became a star in New England after they made a trade for him, installed him as a tackle. He became a big-time player then and ended up going to the Oakland Raiders, got a massive contract, four years, $66 million, was a pro bowler for the Raiders. This year did not go as well And something that Mike Mayock was very public about. They wanted more consistency at right tackle. He said he believed that Trent Brown would be the best right tackle in the NFL if he was available. That is exactly what I'm told the Patriots believe. Believe they are getting to get this deal done. Uh, Brown had to rework his contract. This deal has actually been done for a couple days. The contract was the thing that took a while. He had about two years. Uh, he had two years, about roughly $30 million left now agrees to a one year, $11 million deal. And he can be a free agent after the 2021 season.
2: So there it is right there, and I know later on in the day there was multiple reports saying that the Raiders weren't going to release him. They were going to keep him and try to restructure his contract if they couldn't find a trade partner. And I'll tell you right now, I don't think that Trent Brown restructures his contract if he's with the Raiders. He restructured his contract so he can go back to New England. Again, that's the place that he loved. He talked to Tashawn Reed, and he actually put a little piece out on The Athletic, saying that he never wanted to leave the, the Patriots. It was one of those uh, splits that made him sad, but he needed to go get that money. You know, his, his contract when he signed with the, the 49ers when he was uh, drafted in the seventh round. It was like $50,000, and then California took half of that for taxes. So he really didn't have a whole lot of money, so he had to go and, and get the bag. The Raiders gave him the bag. He really wasn't a big fan of going to the Raiders, but he went and got that money. Two years later and only 16 games played, he heads back to New England, still has plenty of money, has $11 million that he's going to make in 2021, and he'll probably ball out. He's one of those guys, in my opinion, and this is there's nothing wrong with this. Certain guys are just like this. Certain guys need like major, major structure. They can't be, you know, just like self-policed. They can't be guys that are expected to be accountable for themselves. They have to have someone that kind of hovers over them. And from every report that we've heard about the Patriots, that's kind of what Bill Belichick does. And I can understand that's probably why he's had his best career years in New England. And that's why he helped win a Super Bowl in New England because, well, he had that guy hovering over him where John Gruden is more of a, hey, you need to be self-accountable. You need to be able to uh, police yourself and do what you're supposed to do and know how to take care of yourself. And that, I don't think, and this is just my personal feeling. I don't think Trent Brown is that kind of dude. So either way, he returns back to New England. I'm not worried about it. You know, a lot of folks think that the sky is falling. Trent Brown played four games in 2020 for the Raiders and one snap so five games total he gets credit for but it was four games in one snap. The Raiders did it most of the season without him and yes they're better on the offensive line with him but he's just not available. 16 out of 32 games is not going to cut it not for the kind of money that he was making and ultimately didn't want to be there so if you don't want to be there I'm a firm believer in hey don't be somewhere you don't want to be you know and I'm not trying to be disrespectful and say kick rocks but I mean it's just hey you got to do what you got to do. Some players thrive in certain places and certain players don't so Trent Brown is gone. It's fine Richie Incognito, the release of him became uh, official on on Tuesday as well as the release of LaMarcus Joyner that became official on Tuesday and so uh, according to spotrack.com the Raiders basically cleared 49.3 million of 2021 cap space by releasing Gabe Jackson which has not become official yet Richie Incognito, which is official, LaMarcus Joyner, official, Tyrell Williams, official, and now traded Trent Brown. Gabe Jackson, I mentioned, is not official. He has not been released yet. The Raiders have been trying to restructure his contract and possibly holding on to him. That would be great. If they don't, well, then, you know, you have to hope that you have that depth. You have to hope that John Simpson, he's a guy that can step up and and play a major role. Maybe you get Richie Incognito back. You know, I know they have interest in bringing him back at a cheaper deal. Maybe you get him back, but again, he's 37 years old coming off an Achilles injury, so you have to just realize realize that at some point you're gonna to have to move on there too. Denzel Good, a guy who's a free agent, who was a Swiss Army knife for the Raiders on that offensive line, I do believe that he's gonna get a new deal. I believe he's gonna get a nice contract extension that he has earned. I've been saying that for a while. So I believe that they have players that can fill that void. And again, if you look back at the offensive line where a lot of people are saying, oh my god, the offensive line is in shambles. Look, Trent Brown didn't play most of the season for the Raiders in 2020. Richie Incognito didn't play most of the season for the Raiders in 2020. Gabe Jackson, he was there, but he wasn't a Pro Bowl player. I mean, And he was good, but he wasn't great. Between Trent Brown and Richie Incognito, they played seven games, and really not even seven, like six games and a couple snaps, (laughs) you know, if even that. So please believe the Raiders were able to overcome, and you got to give Tom Cable a lot of credit for that. I just believe that the offensive line is going to be okay. Uh, The draft is very deep. Denzel Good, I believe, is going to return. John Simpson is there, and I, I just think that they're going to be able to get it done. But speaking of the draft being very deep, especially at the tackle position, I was actually on a big teleconference or a Zoom conference call with Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network that lasted two hours on Tuesday. That was part of my Tuesday, and it was really, really dope just being able to sit there and listen and uh, and finally get my question in, talking all things NFL draft. And look, we were all limited to about one question, and there was 97-plus people on the call, so I didn't get to get in great detail and ask a bunch of questions, but given the circumstances and knowing that Trent Brown was traded to the Patriots, I decided I was going to ask a question about offensive line as opposed to defensive line. Now, I thought about asking about the linebackers, but, you know, Awusu Koromoa, Micah Parsons, and uh, Zayvon Collins were already talked about, and I'll bring that to the show. Believe me, I'm going to break this whole thing down, all two hours. I'm going to break it all down, and I'll bring you plenty of Daniel Jeremiah, what he's got to say about the draft, so anyone who's a big draft fan, you have that to look forward to. I'll, I'll get to that some point this week. But I thought about asking about the linebacker position, thought about asking about maybe some offensive weapons. And I realized, you know what, you let me just ask offensive line or defensive line. Defensive tackle is not a big time position. Offensive lineman is. So my question to Daniel Jeremiah, and you'll hear it in just a second, is basically about picking and choosing at 17 between offensive tackle Christian Derisaw and uh, Christian Barmore from Alabama. One's an offensive tackle, one's a defensive tackle. So here's my question and Daniel Jeremiah's answer. Hey DJ, at 17, if you're the Raiders, would you be more comfortable taking Alabama defensive tackle Christian Barmore or offensive tackle Christian Darisaw from Virginia Tech? And if you take Darisaw, would you be okay moving him to the right side? Yeah,
1: I would go Darisaw there, um, and I would yeah, I'd be fine with him moving to the right side. The Raiders, you know, this is an offensive line a little bit in flux right now, uh, especially after today. Um, but to me, Darisaw, you plug right in. He's got the size. Um, and, and, to me, you have the benefit with him. He's played left. I think he can play right tackle and absolute worst case scenario. He slides inside. He's a really, really good guard. So I, I think you've got a couple options there with him, but I, I would go in that direction over Barmore. Barmore's is, uh, He's a little bit of a boomer bust. there's a lot of ability there. you saw the good stuff at the end of the year that gets you fired up and then I could you know point out some games in the earlier middle part of the season where he doesn't look like the same guy. so um, just a little bit up and down with him, but he's he's one of those ones. if you hit you hit big. but I think the Raiders where they are right now, I think maybe the safer approach would be the smarter approach.
2: So that was Daniel Jeremiah's answer to my question about, you know, Derisaw or Barmore. And I'll tell you, coming off of the heels of doing a show about play a guy in their position, it does make me nervous. It does make me nervous to to get Derisaw and then switch him over to the right side when he's played left tackle his whole college career. And I know there's guys in college all the time that go from left tackle to right tackle, but – the Raiders have not shown the consistency and the ability to consistently move guys over. Now, they did move Colton Miller from right tackle to left tackle. He, he played that at UCLA. So, okay, that worked out fine. Great. But it did make me a little bit nervous. Actually, a couple people, had, it hit me up about Derisaw, and I and that was my my hangup. Like, nah, he's been a left tackle his whole college career, but DJ seems to think that it would be okay, and I definitely believe that tackle is in play at number 17 now. You know, I've been talking about linebackers, uh, difference makers, but offensive linemen are difference makers too. Too. So you know, I thought maybe they would try to get the defensive tackle there because it's a it's a thin draft at defensive tackle, but. You know, he's more thinking that offensive line probably makes more sense. And given the circumstances and everything that happened on Tuesday with the Raiders, it probably is the the better idea. So either way you look at it, that was Daniel Jeremiah's answer. I thought it was a really good answer. And I know a lot of people were asking that question, especially about Derisaw. So I'll have more Daniel Jeremiah and what he had to say on uh, the NFL Network pre-draft teleconference or, or Zoom conference call. Again, two hours long, two hours strong. You'll hear that coming up sometime this week here on the podcast. But Raider Nation, don't get too panicked. Don't get too upset. Uh, The Raiders are creating cap space. They're around about $30 million in cap space. They can create more cap space depending on if they move on from Marcus Mariota, uh, Jalen Richard. You know, I'm sure there's going to be a couple other guys and I don't say this disrespectfully, but they're going to probably trim the fat with a few more guys and then be set up for success. Now, the the thing is, the biggest deal, and you'll hear me tell this to Cofield and company, the Raiders have got to do something with it. I pointed it out on Tuesday's show. Antonio Brown, Three years fifty million dollars cut before the season began. And they gave up a third and a fifth round pick for him. Tyrell Williams, four years, 44 million, cut after two years, 42 catches. Safety Lamarcus Joyner, four years, 42 million. Cut after two years, no interceptions. Trent Brown played 16 out of 32 games, four years, 66 million. You know what I mean? Like they haven't got a lot out of what they've done. And, and everyone always wants to go back to the Khalil Mack trade and you know who won that trade. And again, man, they created a bunch of cash space. John Gruden said it, you know, if they didn't trade uh, Mack, they wouldn't have the cast space, they wouldn't have all the draft picks, but unfortunately for the Raiders, they have not done a lot with it yet. They haven't proven that they have the the skins on the wall to go ahead and get it done and and take advantage of having all that cap space and all those draft capital. They just haven't. you know. And I will say quickly, and I'm not trying to defend the organization John Gruden or Mike Mayock, when Reggie McKenzie had about $100 million in cap space, he didn't do a whole lot with it either. (laughs) He had all kind of cap space. Remember, that was the year that the Raiders were going to go and just make huge uh, splashes in free agency. He really didn't do a whole lot. At all. Matter of fact, the first day or two of the tampering period, I mean, the Raiders were like silent. You didn't even know if Reggie McKenzie was awake. So I'm not saying that, you know, it's okay because he didn't do great, that it's okay for them not to do great. No, this Raiders front office, they've got to do a lot better. They've got to find a way to get it done this offseason. And I know we say that as fans every single year, this has got to be the year. They really got to gotta prove something, man. I think Mike Mayock... I think he's going to have a little bit of heat under his collar. John Gruden, he'll never have heat under his collar as long as Mark Davis is the owner because Mark Davis loves him and he's not going anywhere until he's ready to go somewhere. But he should have a little bit of a hot seat, you know, just because they've got to get this done. He deconstructed a team that was close to the playoffs. It was just a couple years removed from a playoffs and he hasn't sniffed the playoffs since he's been back. So he's got to find a way to get it done. Mayock's got to find a way to get it done. They only have one first round pick this year, so got to get it right. You know, you can't go and, and you just go for projects and think that you're going to be able to, you know, outthink everybody and just do it. Stick to your board. Go get the players that are difference makers and build this team up. I know a lot of Raider fans are like, hey, Q, I don't have faith in them. I'm not here to defend the team because they haven't given you a whole lot of reason to have faith. That's on them to build that confidence from you. Uh, they, they've got a lot of work to do, but they're creating cap space. They got some draft picks, and we'll have to see as a fan's what they do with it. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, my brief conversation, about 10 minutes long, with Cofield and company from ESPN Las Vegas on Tuesday. Lots of good stuff in it in a short period of time. That's coming up next. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar, and I want to tell you about the brackets. And what I mean by that is there's Built Bar madness going on. Of course, I've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a long time, right? Built Bar is amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. It's amazing taste. It's a great protein bar, 100% covered in chocolate on every single bar. And now, right now, is going on the time to find out what is the best Built Bar out there. It is called Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, German chocolate versus salted caramel, and then mocha love versus white chocolate birthday cake. Now, I'll tell you, German chocolate versus salted caramel, okay. I would kind of tend to believe that salted caramel is going to win this one in advance. Okay, I get that. Mocha love versus white chocolate birthday cake. Not going to lie to you. I've never had either one of them. So this is really a toss up. Which one is going to be better? I don't know. Which one do people think is going to be better? Mocha love or white chocolate birthday cake? I have no idea. So if you want to participate, go to billbar.com or on uh, Twitter, go to at Bar underscore built so you can get your vote on. And remember, when you do go to the website to go and get your next order of built bars, use that promo code Locked On Twenty to get twenty percent off your order. As Locked On Twenty, get twenty percent off your order at builtbar.com And then check back to see who won today's matchup and who's gonna become the best tasting protein bar. That's all from builtbar.com Bar.com. Same number two is on the way.
0: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day.
2: All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to get into my conversation I have. I usually do this every single Tuesday night with ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and company. And uh, this Tuesday night was no different. They had me on talking to all things Raiders. And, of course, Trent Brown was the biggest subject. Not only just because, well, it was the freshest subject, but also the size of the man, Trent Brown. And you'll understand what I'm talking about in just a second. But here's that conversation. I don't really have to tee it up anymore. Here's that conversation from Tuesday night with Cofield the Company from ESPN Las Vegas.
3: Now, back to Colefield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Okay. Tuesday afternoon with Cofield and Company, and if it is the middle of the 4 o'clock hour on a Tuesday, you know who's with us. It is our guy from over on Raider Nation Radio. Q Myers joins us on a big day in the NFL. Uh, Q, do you think it's possible for any NFL reporter to talk about Trent Brown without talking about how he is a large human being. It seems like that is all we ever hear. Trent Brown's a huge guy.
2: No, that is always the first thing that they say about him. Matter of fact, it was so funny when uh, the news broke early, early this morning about it. I was going back and forth with a couple guys, and I was like, well, hey, I could put out a quick video and talk about it. Uh, you know, I don't think it's really that big a deal. And they're like, he's 6'8", 300-something pounds. It's a huge deal. So, no, to your credit, they always have to talk about his size.
3: Good Lord. Trent Brown is like a walking dad joke for everybody in the NFL. Right. Gotta, you got to do the big thing. I did a big thing. Well, Trent Brown heads to the New England Patriots in a trade today. Uh, pick swap and a restructured contract sent him from the Raiders back to where he, of course, had the best years of his career in New England. What you think of the move
2: here, Q? You know, I I actually was surprised that the Raiders were able to get anything for him. I thought ultimately they were going to end up releasing him, and and I know that reports have come out now that said that they weren't. They were just going to try to restructure his deal, but they end up sending him to New England. They get a 2022 fifth-round pick in return. They send a 2022 seventh-round pick. I don't really worry about the seventh-round pick. A lot of Raider fans, I'm surprised, man, are so upset about a seventh-round pick in 2022, but okay, it is what it is. He restructured his deal with to, to go back with New England, and that's where he was a star. You know, he did really well there at the left tackle position, and he went out there and he made a whole lot of money. He ultimately loved being a member of the Patriots, and he clearly didn't love being a member of the Raiders. And And ultimately, he wasn't available. You know, 16 out of 32 games he played with the Raiders, and only four games and one snap in 2020. So, I mean, you know, the Raiders performed without him, and I know that he's better, and their offensive line is better, a lot better when he's out there, but at the same time, he was only available for four games and one snap in 2020, so I feel like Tom Cable kind of how knows how to overcome the the fact that Trent Brown won't be there, and I don't really honestly think, guys, it's that big of a deal. I think it's kind of what everyone thought was going to happen. There's no way he was going to be there under $14 million, get paid $14 million for a guy if you don't know he's going to be there or not.
3: Q, you know, I, I would generally agree that it's not that big of a deal, but I would think that the reason why people get upset and why this seems like a bigger deal, it, it's, the, it's, the call, it's, it's the addition of this to like the pile essentially, right? right? It, it's consistently selling for pennies on the dollar. It's consistently not getting the most out of guys that you're acquiring. Like, that's kind of a
2: troublesome trend, no? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. No, if you put everything together, absolutely. But if we're just talking about Trent Brown, I think after two years, the Raiders realized, hey, this guy's not going to be available for us when we need him. And so they moved on. But yeah, you want to talk about acquiring A.B., fail. Tyrell Williams, fail. LaMarcus Joyner, fail. And not all because of the players, some of it because of the team. Like, LaMarcus Joyner never played him in the position he should have played in. So, yeah, there's fault to go around. And since Gruden has returned and Mayock has joined the fold, you you could say that they got and i've mentioned it before on the show they received five first round draft picks they've had five since since Gruden has been back and really Josh Jacobs is the guy that you know is a good player and everyone else is still questions about and and that was on the on the heels of the Mac trade the Cooper trade and hey here you go this team's going to be rebuilt they're going to have all this free agency money and really i mean there's been a lot of whiffs so that to the team to their fault, they have to figure out how to improve that. And now they have a year where they only have one first-round draft pick. You better get it right this year. And you better use the cap space that you've created. You better use that to be able to build this team up and and, and and construct it in the way that they can survive a whole season and get to the playoffs. And right now, any Raider fan, and they've hit me up all day long, I don't have faith in John Gruden and Mike Mayock. That's the that's the consensus that I continue to hear all day long. And I, I got to be honest. I don't blame them because right now you, you only fall for a banana in the tailpipe so many times before you said, okay, you know what? Show me before I believe that this is really going to be true and you're going to get it right this time.
3: So Q, we've had a couple of the examples of, again, like we were talking about selling for pennies on the dollar. What about a couple of these examples of potentially guys not seeming too happy with the Las Vegas Raiders? Like what do you make of that? The, the dreaded word, the culture of the Las Vegas Raiders. How come it doesn't seem to really work out for a couple of these guys, namely A.B. and a guy like Trent Brown, who, by the way, on social media seemed really happy to get out of here.
0: Yeah, again,
2: Trent Brown loved being in New England. Uh, Trent Brown didn't want to leave New England before. He actually talked to to Sean Reed from The Athletic. I saw the piece that he put out talking about, you know, he didn't want to leave New England. It was a sad time when he left, but he had to go and get the dollar, and the Raiders gave him the most coin, uh, gave him the most opportunity to make money, so he took it, and he thought that, hey, this could work out, and it didn't. The culture thing is, is you know, it is a question. It is a concern. Uh, you know, winning cures all. If the team was winning, if they made a deep run into the playoffs, I'm sure you probably wouldn't hear a whole lot about the culture. I think Trent Brown is a guy that has to have more structure. Some some guys are built where they have to have structure. They can't have a coach that's a, a player's coach and really kind of, uh, you know, relaxed and let them uh, self, you know, self-police themselves. Sometimes they have to have guys that hover over them like a Bill Belichick. You know, what we hear about reports of what he does so i can see where he would thrive i mean look this is not his first team i mean he was on san francisco he goes to new england he goes to the raiders and now he's headed back to to new england so you know that you know a real deal right tackle or left tackle and he's played both those guys are a premium if you can get them you hold on to them there's a reason why he's moved around multiple times in the league I mean they, they haven't got the right fit and clearly New England was the right fit so you know I know there's there's reports I saw uh, what was his name uh, Mongo Mongo on, on Twitter uh, Feliciano John Feliciano who used to be a member of the Raiders when the report came out that Gabe Jackson was going to get released he, he put out the tweet I bet you he's happy and you know put a little expletive on the end of it you know basically he's got to be thrilled to get out of there and you know, maybe, maybe that's true. Who, who knows? I, I feel like winning cures all. And if the team was making a deep run in the playoffs, I don't think you'd be hearing a whole lot of these reports.
3: Q Myers joins us here on Cofield and Company. You're right. Um, they're not winning. And we're into year four yep. of the Gruden era, year three of the Mayock era. And you talk about whether fans trust these guys to use the cap space and to use the draft picks. And there is a clear record that indicates thus far that it has not been successful On the whole. So now you look at this offensive line queue and you say, I know I've got Colton Miller at left tackle. I know I've got Rodney Hudson at center, and that's all I know. Right. Um, And I'm still trying to protect Derek Carr and keep the good side of my team, the offensive side of my team, intact, while I still have to rebuild the defensive side of my team. So. Now that you see some of the cuts that they've made with LaMarcus Joyner going, yep. maybe Incognito comes back. Trent Brown is gone. Where should they prioritize using this, this cap space that they have?
2: Well, that's a, that's a great question. You know, I, I look at it. I've been talking about uh, the draft that's coming up. I've been talking with a lot of Raider fans about this. The, the tackle position is very deep in this upcoming draft. I would not be surprised if they went and got a tackle at number 17. Uh, the young man out of Virginia Tech is a is a really good left tackle who Daniel Jeremiah said today on his, uh, on his press conference is a... Uh, his draft pre pre pre-draft presser that he had today that he could see him sliding over to the right tackle position for the Raiders and he'd be okay with that um you know but there's there's a lot of questions you know I think that similar to what they've done in years like last year they went and and you spent a lot of money and they spent a lot of draft capital on the defensive side of the ball and you see you didn't get a lot of return on your capital so I think that maybe uh you know Gabe Jackson he still has not been officially released so maybe they're still trying to restructure his contract maybe he returns maybe he doesn't John Simpson they used the fourth round pick on him last year out of Clemson. I expect him to slide into one of the the starting roles. If Incognito comes back, great. If he doesn't, Look, he played in, what, two games in, in 2020? So I, I have confidence that they'll be able to build this offensive line and, and be solid because they did it most of the year last year without Trent Brown and without Richie Incognito. So I'm not feeling too worried about that as long as they re-sign Denzel Good. And I do believe that he's up for a nice a nice uh, contract extension because he earned it. He was a guy who no matter what position they asked him to play, he went in there and did a really good job. So I think he gets re-signed. I think Simpson plays a role. Uh, I think that there's some multiple uh, veteran free agents that are going to be out on the market. Look, um, uh, what, what's his name? Kyle Long is coming out of retirement. He's he's a guy who who wants to play again, you know? And and uh, Thune, Joe Thune from the Patriots, he's not getting franchise tag, so he's going to be available. I think in free agency, they'll probably go and get a veteran or two for the O-line. I also think they'll use some draft capital on the offensive line. And then, I think they start to turn their attention to to uh, the defensive side of the ball and get Gus Bradley some help. I really feel like, and this is just a gut feeling. I know nothing. This is just a gut feeling I feel like there's a big trade that they're going to make and I'm not saying necessarily like it's going to be the quarterback position like everyone's anticipating I think there may be a big trade on the way for the defense or a big splash that they make on the defense that can help be that alpha dog that they just don't have I'd like
3: an alpha dog exactly that would work yeah you bring an alpha dog in Uh, Q Myers can be found on Raider Nation Radio every day, and he's always kind enough to give us some time here on Tuesday afternoons. Q, thanks, buddy. We appreciate
2: it. Hey, absolutely, man. Anytime you call, you know I got you. All right. Sounds good. So there was a conversation right there with Cofield and Company from uh, ESPN Las Vegas on Tuesday night, and again, they brought up a lot of different subjects that a lot of Raider fans have been talking about. Culture. Why is so many people concerned? You know, why do you keep hearing about people happy when they leave the organization? Like I said to them, winning cures off. They're winning games. They're going deep into the playoffs. Nobody's talking about that, but right now, they're an organization that expects to win. They're supposed to be winning. The fan base wants them to win, and yet they're not winning. They're going 6-3, and three, and then they're ending up 8-8. Eight and eight. Or they're going 6-3, and three, and they're ending up 7-9. and nine. They're just not getting it done, and they've got to get this thing turned around. They're giving out money. They're, they're using a lot of draft picks to bring in guys, and they're just not turning the page. And so, yeah, it's going to be a problem until it's not. And, and the moment it's not going to be a problem is when they start winning. So, there's a lot of different things to talk about still. I mean, on Tuesday, a lot of guys received the franchise tag, so some guys are off the, the table for the Raiders as far as a free agency goes, but we have plenty of time to talk about that. We'll get into more of that in tomorrow's show, but I just thought that that conversation with Cofield and the company was really good, so wanted to bring it to you uh, on today's show. Before we get into segment number three, your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. I did want to tell you about betonline.ag, and I mentioned how busy Tuesday was. I don't know how much college basketball you're into but there are conference championships going on right now and I'm so locked in March Madness is a great time of year and I know right now it's just the conference championships but pretty soon the NCAA tournament's going to be going on. Lots of folks love to get their gamble on with the NCAA tournament. BetOnline.ag can help you with that, with the NBA with the UFC, with hockey baseball's right around the corner any kind of sport that you want to get your gamble on, BetOnline.ag is the place to go and check out. It is your on sportsbook experts that cover everything you want to open up a free account today you can it's real simple all you do is go to betonline.ag when you make your first deposit no matter how much it is as long as you use the promo code locked on you're going to get a 50 percent welcome bonus just like that you put 100 in you're going to get well 150 to play with you put 200 in you're going to get 300 total to play with i mean it's just simple as that whatever you put in you're going to get 50 percent of that as a welcome bonus as long as you use the promo code locked on so make sure you go BetOnline.ag. Make it happen today. Again, Your online sportsbook experts. If you're on social media looking for them, it's at BetOnline underscore AG. Take advantage of all the best bonuses in the business. That's BetOnline.ag. Segment number three, it's on the way.
0: You're Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team is... Every day. Here we go, Raider
2: Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raiders podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Before we get things started... Let's go ahead and sound the alarm, and this alarm actually should have been sounded last week. This call is from a new booty. This is Jesse from Arizona. He actually called in Friday afternoon. Don't really know how I misplaced this call and why I didn't get to it so quickly, but he was calling to talk about the release of Richie Incognito, which actually became official on Tuesday, and uh, what he thinks is going to happen next. He also talks about Trent Brown, who now we know is no longer a member of the Raiders as he is going to New England, but here we go. Jesse from Arizona. This is from Friday afternoon.
4: Hey, what's up, Q? My name is Jesse. I'm from Arizona. Uh, Technically, I've been a listener to your show for about over a year, but I've never called in, so I guess you could say I'm a new booty. Um, Calling in, man, about, uh, oh, Raiders releasing Richie Incognito on Friday afternoon. I think he's coming back, man. I think he's going to come back and sign for a uh, a lower contract. Um, I mean, he's 38, 39. Free agent. There's going to be a ton of free agents on the market. I mean, he likes the Raiders. I think he likes John Gruden. Where is he going to go? Anyways, I hope they do bring him back. And personally, I, I do believe that we're going to keep Trent Brown. I think we're going. To, I think Gruden's going to give him another year. Um, he's been showing off, you know, videos and whatnot, so that he's in shape. And realistically, man, he, I mean, he's a great player. We can keep him on the field. Also. We need to keep some of that that offensive line intact, man. I mean, if we really let go of Gabe Gabe Jackson and then also uh, Richie Incognito's gone, that line looks pretty depleted, man. And then Trent Brown goes. I mean, I think think we all know, it's no secret that Derek Carr needs a strong line in order to perform well. I mean, if he's getting hit or chased around, I mean, that's going to be a scary sight, man. I mean, I really hope they bring him back. But anyways... I uh, also wanna give you a shout out a quick shout out Q. Uh, I really appreciate your podcast, man, for keeping it real and not sugarcoating stuff. I really you can really appreciate it. Um I say you know, we don't come on here and I don't come on here and expect you to lie to us or, or, or paint something that you know a color that it ain't, you know. I like you keep it real and I really appreciate that man.
2: There he goes. That's Jesse from Arizona. and Thank you so much for the call, my man. I really appreciate the compliments on the show, and sorry it took so long to get to your call, but yeah, Richie Incognito officially released. I do think he'll be back. At least I think the Raiders want to bring him back. Gabe still isn't released, so he could come back, or he can restructure his deal. He's not officially gone yet, so he could actually restructure his deal. Of course, Brown is now gone, uh, but I do think that the Raiders have a lot of ta- uh, not tackles, but they have a lot of options at the right tackle position. Uh, mainly, I think that they're going to go invest in a right tackle in the draft younger guy that could be their dude just like colton miller is their left tackle and has been there since they drafted him so i think that that's what they're really looking for is going in that direction and this draft has a lot of tackles in it so i definitely believe that'll be in play and they'll probably go get some guys by way of uh, free agency as well uh next up i got a text from obi-wan raider in spring texas says what's up Obi-Wan Raider chiming in from Spring, Texas. Just want to hit a couple quick notes. I knew that Hufanga from USC was not going to be a fifth or sixth round pick like Pro Football Focus had him ranked. Mel Kiper Jr. had him in the second round. So that mock draft I sent last week was great value, getting him in the third. Two, the media should be unbiased. I think where most fans get it twisted is that it seems as always the views of the Raiders are always slanted in a negative way. Even if you work for Mark Davis, you would think that he'd want real people. That doesn't mean you go out of your way to bash a team, but you do hold them accountable. Three, love the Kuiper Jr. bullet points. Four, I wouldn't mind us trading back for 17 to say early 20s if we don't get uh, J- Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa and drafting Merrick in the first round. Uh, Hufanga in the second. Jordan Smith, edge, uh, UAB, running back from North Carolina, third. Golson edge, Notre Dame, and more. Guard from Grambling in the fourth. Five, Just win, baby. That's the text from Obi-Wan Raider in Spring, Texas. And, yeah, lots of good stuff right there, man. And, of course, uh, you know, I I just uh, didn't know a whole lot about Ufanga from USC. That's why I referenced pro football focus. But, you know, these guys that study it all the time, they they know more. But ultimately, it's where are these teams going to draft these guys. Some some days you'll see a guy on on draft day just have a major slide. And sometimes you'll see him get drafted a little earlier, you know. And and we as Raider fans have seen that in a major way, right? A lot of guys have been drafted before uh, we thought. Like P.J. Hall. He didn't even think he was going to go in the second round. The Raiders grabbed him there. Damon Arnett, he went in the first round. A lot of people didn't think he was going to go in the first round. So a lot of guys could be drafted early. Some guys could get drafted late. Sometimes they just stick around. So uh, it's always going to be tough. And and as far as the the media goes, I've been very adamant about my thoughts on that. Yeah, the the media should be unbiased. If you're trying to do stuff professionally, if you're trying to cover the team like a professional, you should be unbiased. Even though I'm a fan of the Raiders, I can say where their rewards are. And I can say where they do some greatness at. I'm not going to be, you know, bashing the team and I'm also not going to sit here and praise the team for no unwanted reason. Now, again, team websites, that's what they're meant to do. They're meant to just promote the team. And, and really, it's funny, I don't have time on today's show, but I'll tell you a story that I learned when I was in California over the weekend when I went to my buddy's house because his, his father passed away uh, from COVID and, and we, me and the wife spent some time there uh, this past weekend. We actually learned a story about the Raiders, and I'll tell it on the podcast at some point. I just don't have time on today's show. Maybe I'll get into it on tomorrow's show and just kind of let you you know what I'm talking about, just so it's a little bit deeper. But, again, that's for another day. But thank you so much for that text. Next up, I got a call from Raider Izzy calling in to talk about segment number two of Tuesday's show to talk about the Raiders playing guys out of position, and he has his thoughts on it as well. Here he is, Raider Izzy. What up,
5: Q, Raider Izzy. Uh, love the uh, love the segment on um, playing players to their strengths. I, I I know we've been talking about it forever, especially with Joyner. Um But um, it, it's... Uh, it it really bothers me to the nth degree, and and to Raider Mike, bro, preach, preach. Thank you, like it like, seriously, and and this bothers me even more than playing players outside of where their skill sets are. So uh, you use the example of Lamarcus Joyner. Okay, so you could argue that our biggest need is at free safety. You could have argued that last year as well, and not only did we not play him there, where he's had success. We released him before even trying it. What does that say? You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's incredible, you know? And it doesn't start, it doesn't stop there, you know? Uh, Cleveland Farrell moving him from, you know, edge to inside. Even though I I, I do kind of see that and I I kind of like it when he's uh, playing the the three tactic, but uh, still, that's not what he was known for at Clemson, you know? Uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. You said him too. We didn't even try to move him to receiver when it didn't work out at running back. We traded him. Now, granted, he, you know he didn't light it up in Miami, but like we we didn't even try to move him to receiver. And what are we going to do this year? We're going to probably either sign a receiver in free agency or draft one to replace Aguilar. And I'm not saying Linton Bowden could be Aguilar, but like you know, we have these needs and we didn't even try these people there. Tanner Muse, he was a safety in college. We're trying to get him to play linebacker. Littleton. You know, we're playing them up and down when he's always played left or right. It's unbelievable. And and the fact that we're not even acknowledging it, and, and granted, I, I know Mayock did, but, like, the fact that we're not even trying to, you know, utilize them when we need these positions. Like, these aren't positions that we have players at. We need these positions. Man, to me, honestly, that means Gruden would rather lose his way than win somebody else's way. Sorry. Like, but, but commitment to excellence, right? That's what we're supposed to believe in. So I don't know, man. I, I love the love the show as always, bro. Take it easy, stay safe.
2: See you later. There he goes. That's Raider Izzy. And yeah, man, everything you said is true and valid. And what really stood out to me the most is when you said Gruden rather lose his way than win somebody else's way. That really hit home and really meant a lot because right now, that's kind of what it looks like. You know, and I know that multiple guys, when they saw the Trent Brown uh, trade and they saw it out on, on, uh, on Twitter, they were tweeting out that, you know, if a guy doesn't have a guy to answer to and he's not a good talent evaluator, he's going to continue to waste salary cap space and draft capital. He's just going to do things his way because, well, he has nobody there. has he has to answer to so when you said Gruden rather lose his way than win somebody else's that kind of resonated with me it was kind of like man that's exactly what dude was talking about on Twitter but uh, yeah good call man uh, I think at some point you have to have checks and balances someone's got to be the one that you have to answer to I think that's for everybody and we all know that right now John Gruden has nobody that he has to answer to. Uh, how about this? Got a text from Nick out of the Valley of the Sun. Just got a couple more to get to. What's up, Q? Nick out of the Valley of the Sun. It's been a minute, but still loving the show every day, bro. Really miss hearing you and Scott on Raider Nation Radio, but it is what it is. Hopefully Scott will be all right with his health issues. Praying for y'all. Just want to give my thoughts on the offseason and Mayock's comments. I like the fact he owned up to some mistakes he has made with the draft of free agency and how he says they are aware of their needs up front and on the back end. But at the same time, it's year three for Mayock and year four for Gruden. And COVID or not, this is the year they need to really hit on both free agency and the draft, especially. No more prospects. We need guys to come in here and contribute on defense day one on the field and lead in the locker room. Defense, defense, defense. We saw with the Bucs at the end, even though it's an offensive league the D still takes you to the promised land. So I just want the Raiders to get it done this offseason and give Gus Bradley a good set of tools in the toolbox. Offense is good, maybe another back, and if we can re-sign Aguilar somehow and, of course, show up the right tackle, we don't need to be messing around with the good thing. Keep up the awesome work, Q, and keep being objective. Peace, Raider Nation. That's from Nick out of the Valley of the Sun. Uh, lots of great stuff right there, and I agree, man. You can't go into the draft, and you shouldn't go into the draft with a bunch of projects. You got to go out there, and you got to really swing for the fences. You got to get big-time players. You've got to get difference makers. Again, I would love for the Raiders to come out of the draft, especially free agency as well, and say, hey, There's a couple alpha dogs on this team. Right now, I hate to say it, there's not a alpha dog on the squad. And you need to have one or two at least in that locker room just to be the leaders of the bunch like you just mentioned. So, uh, yeah. Hopefully they're able to do that and kind of correct their mistakes. Because right now, year three with Mayock and year four with Gruden, it doesn't look so good. It's not so rosy yet. you know. And everyone's still waiting to turn that corner and see when the team turns that corner. So, uh, I say, hey, guess what, guys? This year would be great to go ahead and make that happen. So, we We'll see what happens. But thank you so much for that text. Appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Big Ben, the Raider version. He's calling in to talk about the Trent Brown trade news, and he wants to celebrate the trade. Here he is, Raider Ben. He's the Raiders version.
1: Hey Q, this is Big Ben, Raider version. Uh, I just heard this, uh, the Trent Brown news. I just needed a call real quick and kind of celebrate. It like, feels like we're uh, we're like an adult franchise now. We're making smart decisions. Um, a lot of people upset, wondering how uh, Derek Carr is going to survive back there. But you got to remember, Trent Brown wasn't around for half the games these last two years. Some of these games, he was only he's only around for a, a couple a couple snaps. And 2019, he was only around for about 50% of the snaps. And 2020, he was around for 20 to 25% of the snaps. He just wasn't available. Complete opposite of a Colton Miller, where even his rookie year, even though he played bad, he was, he was he was around. He had leg injuries, and he just wasn't looking good. But he he gutted it out. It's completely opposite of Trent Brown. and I'm just glad we we moved on. It just it feels like an adult decision instead of paying him about fifteen million dollars. Anyway, that's all I got. Take it easy.
2: There he goes, Raider Ben, the Raiders version. And look, I-, I wish things had worked out with Trent Brown. You know, I mean, I thought when they signed him and they gave him big money and put him at the right tackle position, I thought that was going to solidify the line because the right tackle position, you know, had always been that that turnstile, and they had just kind of put guy after guy after guy there and never had a solid dude. I thought Trent Brown was going to go in there and be the dude. Unfortunately, he wasn't. You know, 16 out of 32 games he participated in, four actual games in 2020 and one snap in another game so I mean you know he just wasn't available he didn't have the want to the desire wasn't there you know some people just motivate different ways and Trent Brown just didn't seem like he was all in from the moment that he became a Raider and so I mean hey that's what happens he's back with New England and now the Raiders move on and again I'm not going to sit here and, and slam him and, and all that good stuff I'm not just going to you know like lose my, my mind on him just not going to do it I mean it's over and done with I think everyone realized the mistake that was Trent Brown and, and now they're ready to move forward and I actually give them more credit for being able to just move on and say hey you know it sounded good, it looked good It didn't turn out good. So, hey, our mistake, boom, let's move on. I can appreciate when a front office does that, even if it does cost them some money and, you know, just puts them in a position where now they have to go and correct it. At least they didn't stick with it, stick with it, stick with it, and just try to force it to work when it clearly wasn't going to do that. And so uh, that's all I really got time for on today's show. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have more news and notes of the day, more calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, and we'll have a lot more to dip into, a lot more conversation to dip into as we get down and continue with this offseason that is the NFL and uh, Raiders offseason as well so thank you so much for all the feedback, calls texts, hopefully uh, everything is going well with you and your family, make sure you take care of each other, uh, wear your mask, social distance You know, wash your hands, do what you gotta do and most importantly Raider Nation as always just win baby